Welcome to Long Story Short. Each week we sit down with different guests to discuss issues important to the campus community at the University of Utah. This week, we're collaborating with GeekWave, another platform within Utecast, and we're discussing sci-fi and fantasy within popular culture. We're excited to hear from members of GeekWave on what makes each genre special. Maya Harris is a senior at the U studying history and political science. They are the director of GeekWave, another one of our Utecast groups. They've been a fan of sci-fi since they were at Ender's Game in sixth grade. Pierre Batia is a junior at the U studying pre-business with a minor in documentary studies. He is a member of GeekWave and allergic to bees. Parker Service is my director here at Our Stories, and he's a senior at the U majoring in film and media arts. So we're just going to start debating and discussing sci-fi and fantasy, guys. Um, let's just jump right into it. So could I just hear a little bit about what qualifies something as sci-fi and what qualifies something as fantasy? What, what makes something fit into those genres? Epicness. So, Sorry, PR, go. <laughs> Epicness. I think that can translate to both, though, technically. Yeah. Right? But Hold on. Right. Sci-fi is fantasy just in space. Mm. Ooh, that's, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, a lot of it is. But yeah. then, like, Arrival, you can't, True. Isn't, well, you I mean, can't translate to fantasy. No, not in space, mm. but, like, you can't really translate something like that to fantasy. That's true. A lot of fantasy and sci-fi, like especially like the one, the like mass market book produced mm. ones, are going to be the same. But the aliens That's true. on arrival yeah. are the um, ancient octopus gods that um, have come from the past. I don't think they have eight legs. Oh. Well, that's my bad. No, wait. <laughs> They're septipods. They have seven legs. Sorry, PR. You were going to say something, and then we all decided to talk over no, you. No, you're totally <laughs> um, I was going to say, basically, I think sci-fi, the differentiation between sci-fi and fantasy is fantasy can't be translated necessarily into real life, where sci-fi mm. can. Mm. So if you look at things like Arrival, Interstellar, Blade Runner, yeah. all of those things, you can see the progressional path from current time to where they would be taking place. Right. Versus fantasy, um, it's a almost a different world um, to where it is now. So in fantasy, a lot of things you can see are like ogres and like dragons. Mm -hmm. and dragons might exist here in the past, but not anymore. Um, Canonically. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Red Book of Westmarch is the book that Bilbo and Frodo and Sam wrote. That Tolkien discovered and translated. Wait. Oh wow! I didn't <laughs> know that. So canonically, <laughs> Middle Earth is our Earth, just that in the past. Terrible. Just the middle, in Middle Earth is like how Middle English is like old time English. Right. So yeah. Middle Earth, same way. Well, it's like um, if you read the so, Silmarillion, right? And it talks about the different ages of Earth mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Well, and it's got some biblical um, parallels too. I think uh, J.R.R. Tolkien stuff that maybe it's there's a lot of the there's, there's, there's a lot of Bible stuff and there's a lot of Bible stuff in Tolkien. Well, I think there's it's a lot great. of Bible stuff in fantasy because right. I mean you look at the you look at the Bible and I mean it, Revelations especially is mm -hmm. full of like you know 
crazy animals that like come to life to bring about the end of the earth yeah. and like they're terrifying and what else is fantasy except you know terrifying animals that come to life to bring the end of the earth and then mm-hmm. you have your chosen one who like mm-hmm. gets a sword and mm-hmm. like slays the beast and Frodo, Harry yeah Potter, exactly yeah. Oh, Jesus, right yeah. yeah i mean i i think there's a lot of biblical parallels yeah. in fantasy uh, I don't believe in the Bible, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's got some cool ass imagery for sure. Um, if anything, it's a cool fantasy novel. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What well, really, what... what really makes fantasy though to me is there's a old ass. It's a it was a lecture that Tolkien gave when he was a professor. That he translate he turned into a essay. It's called On Fairy Stories, where it's before he wrote Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, and he outlines what makes fairy stories, which are just like fairy tales, whatever. Mm. And he outlines what makes it special. And he outlines like the genre and he outlines uh, this term, you catastrophe, lots of things. And it's really fascinating. And that would be the basis for how he wrote The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And just by consequence of being The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, fantasy is based on on fairy stories, basically. Yeah. So would you say the origin of fantasy is more, you know, based in medieval type of stories? Or do you think maybe Tolkien kind of rebooted it for our era? Um, so Tolkien was very fascinated in, uh, like, Middle middle English literature. He tra- yeah. He's the one who translated Beowulf. Mm, um, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, so he was like really into all that stuff and he wanted to bring it back. So it is it is really based like in in this initial inception on that, but a lot of it has evolved since then, but like also a lot of fantasy still has halflings and dwarfs and right. Yeah, and ants. That's interesting, though, just from that literature perspective, right? Because there's yeah. Old English, Middle English, and I think now it's Modern English, right? Since yeah. like the 1500s or something. So, so yeah, maybe fantasy kind of has some of that biblical stuff, but also Middle English, fairy tale. Um, yeah. And then it sounds like sci-fi is more like near future type of elements, right? Like more yeah, technology I think that's the way based. that I like to think about it is, yeah. you know, like the, to me, fantasy has always been kind of taken, not place, but inspired by kind of older older genres right yeah so like middle earth medieval times stuff like that especially in like the mainstream of fantasy whereas sci-fi oftentimes um you know will take place in the quote-unquote future right um even like let's say back to the future which is a sci-fi movie Mm -hmm. not um is while it's you know based earlier in like the 1980s or whatever it was its future was quote-unquote 2015 right? right so it's as long as it's moving forward in time from the place that it's taken part in then it's considered quote-unquote sci-fi mm. to me i mean even i would say that it's sci-fi just given that it has time travel right exactly because even if it's not literally in the future because the first one they don't go to the future right but like a time travel machine is Science in the future like yeah that's not something from right now, even if it's set at right now. I'm yeah. So I mean, it. 
I, I would also like to add a caveat to sci-fi that it can happen within like technological advancements. So maybe it doesn't happen in the near future, but there are technology from what we as people in this day and age would consider the future, but have maybe escalated earlier than they have mm-hmm. in our version mm. of Earth, you know? Yeah. Well, there's some types of sci-fi too where like there's some stuff that's like this is within the realm of possibility, more like maybe Blade Runner or something, right? Right. And then there's some stuff that's like this probably can never happen, like Star Trek or like but I don't, even Star Wars, that's sci-fi, but it's kind of like this took place, you know, way in the past. So, I guess just one question to throw out there is what are some of the categories in your opinion of sci-fi and fantasy? Star Wars is a prime example of what Maya was talking about earlier about how yeah. they're the same genre because right. yeah. it's set in space, but it's a fantasy story. Yeah. Fun fact: I hate Star Wars. No, <laughs> I think it's what? kind of a western too. You're the it is definitely of a western. How do you hate I Star hate Wars? Star Wars. <laughs> what? Oh. A lot of a lot of Star Wars is bad, but. A lot of Star Wars is really cool. The first three are I listen, yeah, the, the original trilogy. The yeah. concept of Star Wars, I love it. It's executed poorly often. I I just like I never got into it. Uh-huh. I mm. I I love space. I love movies like Ender's Game, uh I mean books like Ender's Game, whatever. Uh The Martian, Interstellar, Arrival. Those are like some of my mm. top 4 like Dune sci-fi media to consume uh and for some reason star wars just doesn't hit it for me i just don't like it (laughs) i think star wars is kind of weird because if if you watch it when you're an adult it doesn't hit the same no to where like i watched it when i was seven and i was like yo that's dope yeah (laughs) star wars is a lot of spectacle not a lot of I don't know. Not a lot of substance in many areas where it's executed poorly. george lucas had a lot of cool ideas i think uh, the idea of like showing the prequel showing how this empire would come to be is a really neat idea. However, it's really boring and a little racist. <laughs> mm. I mean, how so? <laughs> Look, I'm not saying the idea of Jar Jar Binks is great. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not. But yeah, like you. Okay, I agree that uh, you know. He had really good ideas, and I think the execution for at least the prequels um, mm. were was not great. And for you know the sequels, like seven, eight, nine, yeah, I think they're okay. I think seven was probably the best one out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, That's but wrong, I though. I think that J.J. <laughs> Abrams ruined it. He did. I think that if it was a different director who maybe knew the source material a little bit better, um, who listened to George Martin, uh, not George Martin, George Lucas. <laughs> George Lucas a little bit more, um, you know, I think it, it had more potential. Um, or really anyone who didn't want to just say, no, actually, nothing in eight mattered. I'm doing my own thing yeah, for nine. Yeah, exactly. Mm, that's what screwed it up, you think? That's what Seven screwed was it up. the best. Eight, we're trying I, something eight's new. My fav- eight's my favorite. Um, Some people say that, yeah. It's got more not, of that psychological thing, right? It's not my favorite, like, of all of them, but it's my favorite of those three. Um, yeah. And then nine is so bad. But you also have to look at, like, the new stuff that, like, Disney Plus is doing, yeah. right? Like, Obi-Wan was fantastic. Andor. fantastic. That's Andor what I've heard. was fantastic. Um, even, like, the new stuff that they're trying with, like, Visions, where they got, you know, animated Visions is super to cool. do stuff. Um, it was amazing. And I think the direction they're going with Star Wars especially on like the Disney Plus route, mm-hmm. I think is great. Mm. Um, and I think 
now that the sequels are done, I think they can take it in a really interesting direction mm-hmm. to where we can be done with the Skywalker. Story. I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is a bit of a digression. No, no, but <laughs> hey, yeah. Maya was kind of saying like, you know, um, they don't really like Star Wars. Maybe we could go into what are the, you know, sci-fi and fantasy books and movies that are like important to pop culture versus like what are the favorites? Because for you, Maya, you were kind of saying like more of the psychological stuff yeah. is more of a favorite. Yeah, so I mean, Arrival is probably my number one movie of all time. I actually, like I considered changing my major from political science to linguistics after I watched that oh. movie. Dang. Uh, I, I just, I think. Dennis is a good director. <laughs> I just like that, the intersection of cultures and by way of that language i think is really interesting and i mean if you haven't watched arrival you must um please for me and uh also (laughs) just like the way that uh the way that you learn a language can change how you perceive not only those around you but also like time Mm. is crazy to me and i mean it's true because i talked to my brother who's fluent in mandarin uh, and he's like, the way that people who learn Mandarin as their first language, they think differently than people who learn English as their first language right. because the languages are just compiled differently. Yeah. And it changes the way that your brain works. And I think that is super interesting. So yeah. <laughs> all of all of Dennis's movies like have a lot of heady thoughts like that. And I, I'm just, you know, I'm a history major, so I mm-hmm. like I like those kinds of heavy thoughts, you know, thinking I I was it's a comfort movie for me, Arrival, um and Riley, the director of Ucast posed to me. She said, "Why is this your comfort movie? It's so sad." And I said, yeah. "I don't know." <laughs> oh yeah. It's just so good. It's very sad. Well, did, didn't The Martian used to be kind of your comfort? I watched movie? The Martian every week for probably all 3 years that I was in middle school. Which rules, wow. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the Martian's really good. I yeah. did at one point have I think the entire script memorized. Interesting. So It's a great script. <laughs> uh we were talking before we started recording. It's um, it's they could have used the book for the script. Like it's w- almost I mean, one for one I, in yeah, most I, cases. Yeah, it's probably one of the greatest book to movie adaptations yeah. there is out there. And I mean Andy Weir is just kind of a phenomenal author uh-huh. and he has such this background knowledge in science and how it yeah. works mm. that he made such a, a believable scenario that could actually happen. Which like, is why the one thing that's like really unbelievable yeah. is the one thing he didn't write in the movie. Yeah. The, the <laughs> using his popping the the suit so that he can fly oh, like Iron Man. Yeah, oh. no, that that's doesn't not make, in the book. Yeah, no, it also <laughs> is not scientifically possible. Yep. That's not how space That's works. a Ridley Scott original. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I love, I love Ridley Scott. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, there's this whole part in the in the book where the main character gets stuck in a crater in Mars and like it's pages and pages of him like trying to figure out how to get out of this crater uh, and it's just so well thought out and it's correct. Uh, mm-hmm. And so reading that kind of stuff really just makes me feel really happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Whereas like, it's funny cause I, I like that book a lot too. Like, yeah. Uh, but I just like, I like like the showing of like the human spirit. That's fair. Like how much perseverance he has. And that's what I love about Lord of the Rings. That's mm. my favorite movie. Well, and I it's think it's about like 
these like incredible people yeah. doing incredible things. And that translates to yeah. both sure. sci-fi yeah. and fantasy. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, showcasing the the spirit of man, right? Yep. It's, uh, you know, if you look at the Lord of the Rings or if you look at Interstellar, right? They're mm-hmm. both um, this person who is just incredibly driven yep. and will do anything and any means necessary to achieve the goal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's one thing that both sci-fi and uh, fantasy people can agree on where it's, For sure. it's that that meeting of, you know, unbelievable feats that right. really draws you to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like for me, I'm way more sci-fi than I am fantasy. Um, yeah. But that's just because I love science. I love, you know, technology. You like a lot of the aesthetics of it. Exactly. I love the aesthetics. a lot of the core is the same. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Um, but, you, I mean, to like, for example, like The Giver, right? Sure. Love um, The Giver. <laughs> I love The Giver. And that was one of the few things where I read the book before I watched the movie, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I saw it was coming out. I was like, you know what? I'll give the book a try. And to me, while, you know, the book and the movie were a little different, I think they individually had their own pluses, right? Like, I'm a very visual person. I prefer visual medias to, to literary, literary medias, right? So seeing that that difference was great, but you know, the giver is not necessarily extremely science based, right? It's mm-hmm. it's definitely a sci-fi fantasy mix, mm-hmm. yeah. But still falls into the sci-fi category because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, dragons and and stuff like that. Yeah. It's more, hey, you know, it's it's manipulating the populace. It's you yeah, know, stuff dystopian, like that. dystopian yeah. stuff like that when. Um, and then you have this main character that is just so incredibly driven because it's it's seen something outside of itself. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you have like Harry Potter, where yeah, he's the chosen one, but he's incredibly driven because he's seen something outside of himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and then I I think you you also get these these new fantasy releases. I'm gonna use Brandon Sanderson as my example mm-hmm. because I love him. Do it. Um, <laughs> I'm currently in the midst of reading the Stormlight Archives, which are phenomenal. And it, it showcases, I mean, we follow one, two, several, f- over five main characters. Um, and there's, you can definitely tell that there's a main character for each book, but it changes and you follow so many different points of views. And every single person has such like a path to follow. And like they want to meet this goal, right? And do something great, uh, whether that's for the the greater good or for themselves or for their families or what have you. Uh, and so I, I think that you have like uh, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, an older fantasy book, but you have this change into these newer fantasy books where you follow more and more people. And mm-hmm. I think that is really an interesting mm. um, progression. Game of Thrones is another interesting example of just so I've much stuff I've not read Game of on. Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Nor have I watched the show, actually. I have no idea what happens in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I think one thing that like shows that change is how we play Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, yeah. Because when like Gary Gygax envisioned it, it was like, you four people are at a dungeon. You want to go into the dungeon because you want gold, because what else would you want to do? Right. But now it's like, if you're not telling a narrative, what's the point of playing the game? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's a role playing game, yeah. right? So I mean, I I'm in a current Dungeons and Dragons campaign. I love my character. Role playing is hard. It's hard, but like it it's what makes D and D like for me is getting together with a group of people 
and playing these characters mm-hmm. um, and doing things because it's what your character would do, yeah. right? You're not just doing things for gold. You're doing things because you left your village and your family is dying and you're trying to find a cure to mm-hmm. use my character as an example mm-hmm. but yeah it's putting yourself in that place of the persistence of the human spirit exactly right? similar mm-hmm. to lord of the rings and harry potter and yeah so many others and maybe we could talk a little bit about um i, mean, I guess i'm just curious what are the different um the different forms of media how is there a change between those like if it's a board game versus a book versus a movie um you know like do you guys like movies based off of books Generally, no. Generally, no. But I'm a book snob. So. Generally, yes. <laughs> but I also really like books. <laughs> See, I prefer movies over books any day. I'm yeah. Not, like, I'm, I read, but I'm not I, – I prefer visual medias, right? Yeah. So right. to me, when it comes to a book versus a movie, if I read the book and then I watch the movie, yeah, I already know things are going to be different. But I'm not going to judge the movie solely on, hey – it wasn't word for word from the book. Right. I mean, there's certain yeah. things where I'll be like, yes, like it should have been this. Yeah. Because the book was objectively better. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like, you know what, they got close enough, then. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, concerned. and I mean, a movie should have liberty, like freedom to to change things into the media that it's being presented in. Just sometimes because, they're dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> sometimes their solutions are dumb. But you can't take word for word things that happen in, in books yeah. into movies because right. they just won't translate the same. I mean, even The Martian, which we're talking about, mm-hmm. is like very similar. They have to change it from like him writing a diary to doing vlogs on his Right, because webcam. how can you just film a guy writing a diary? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need to make it a more interesting way yeah. of uh, visualizing right um, every medium really has like its own pluses and minuses i think about this a lot honestly because yeah. i'm a huge nerd <laughs> like, to take i the mean giver i think for... if we're on this yeah. podcast we're all like yeah. geeks nerd. right <laughs> me and Meyer are literally on geek waves <laughs> like, <laughs> but to like take the giver for example like i don't i haven't seen the movie but i don't know if there's a way that you can pull off the whole color thing the reveal that they haven't that you've never mentioned color written prior to that you moment. Know what? The way that they did it was actually really good. Is it really good? I'm not going to lie to you. It was, okay. it was genuinely not bad. Okay. Um, but I it's, highly recommend watching it. It's I, hard to pull off. I like, have seen it, but I haven't watched it in, in years. I don't know if I remember what happens. And, uh, but like comic books have like very specific things that are beneficial to them. Books have it. Mm-hmm. Everything interactive media yeah. has it. Mm. So like, and they all change how you're gonna play a game because, like a D and D game, you could, you could be trying to recreate Lord of the Rings in D and D, but you're it's not gonna, gonna be, be the different same. experience even if you go the same path, mm-hmm. like just by nature of how you interact with it. Right. Well, and I'm a huge fan of long form storytelling. Mm-hmm. So the longer the book, the happier I am, um, <laughs> because that gives more time for the characters to be like fully fleshed out and become more real, and mm-hmm. then like you as a reader have an emotional attachment to these fictional people, yeah. which is kind of crazy to me, but that is how your brain works. I totally agree. And I mean, just, that's why I like comic books. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't, that kind of stuff doesn't translate as well into visual media, and so it has to be changed. And mm-hmm. I get that. It makes me sad a little bit, but that's okay. I so think going you, the, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, go, you go ahead. PR. I think going the opposite way, where it's like, you know, Interstellar, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I couldn't see that in a book form. I couldn't either. Like, that to me is yeah. just, 
it's written and it's it's so perfectly made for what's well, great about it's film so is visual and yeah it's so, it's so visual like the way that you know um like the main character when he was going through uh you know the, the quote-unquote fourth dimension yeah right? mm-hmm. and you can physically see what a scene like it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so beautifully done and you can see him going back in time yeah on a physical plane in a book i don't think it would have i don't think so either like, yeah mm-hmm. When I saw that scene, it literally I was almost I was like emotionally moved because yeah. I was like, yeah. "Wow, this is it's really so good." Well, done. and would you have understood what was happening really if you were just reading it? Like, truly, no. it's just such a thing that you have to see happening in front of you that it would not have been done well. I that's think, one thing. Book. That's the thing that's like so good about film is that the director has full control over the mise en scene. Like, yeah, and well, the and timing. Music. Hans Zimmer is yeah. Hans a, god. a god. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the timing of everything is like controlled on a frame by frame basis. So like, it's so it has, it has to be so perfect for a film. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think Interstellar could maybe work in comic book form, honestly, because of how it plays with time at the end. I think and it could just work how it, seeing medium. all nine panels at the same time. I think it could yeah. work pretty well with how time is just being flowy. Yeah, but I mean, that's beside the point. Comic book basis, but I don't think it would hit the same. It would be different. It would have to be it different. Would, it would be. Yeah. yeah, it would have to be different. Yeah. I think that is the conclusion we are yeah. all coming to. Is yeah. that it just in the tra- in yeah. the translation, it just kind of has to be different. I, yeah. That's kind of what I'm excited about the Dungeons and Dragons game movie. I keep there's forgetting about the yes. There's <laughs> a movie making a movie next out. year, uh, <laughs> and it looks really good. It's got Chris Pine in it. It's got other people. Yeah, uh, it's got Letty from <laughs> Walk or not Walking Dead. Fast and Furious. Well, how would you make a movie? Because it's so much like choose your own adventure. Well, that's what I'm right? so excited about. I mean, yeah. it looks like they have a story. It looks well because every story is different. Because yeah. your your DM will come up with a story, or they'll get one from the internet, okay. or they'll take one from the internet and then they'll change it, which is what my DM is doing with Curse of Strahd. Um, and so like it, it's choose your own adventure for the characters, but the DM has like a story. Yeah. So mm. Mm, yeah. cool. Well, what are some other like you know, fantasy, sci-fi movies, books that are coming out or have just recently come out or that you're just, like, discovering right now? <laughs> worm. I knew worm. <laughs> I knew you were going to say worm. <laughs> Tell us about Worm. Um, worm is a story published entirely on WordPress. If it was a real book, it would probably be anywhere between 10,000 to 20,000 pages. That is insane. Um, it is about... You these people who develop superpowers. I mean, this isn't new. This came, it came out in like 2011. It's new okay. to me. Yeah, I'm discovering it. My cousins. Um, I was in Idaho over the weekend, and they were like, "You have to start reading it." And I did, and then I couldn't turn off my phone because uh. I was obsessed. Um, I turned it off only to play Magic: The Gathering. It only <laughs> another <laughs> um, fantasy. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's about this this Earth. Um, where people gain superpowers, but they gain superpowers via an incredibly traumatic event. Um, Are they injected with the worm? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the so the main character has the ability to control bugs, um, like the worm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she has the ability to like reach out with her brain and control bugs. And the problem with you developing superpowers via a super traumatic event is a lot of these people who gain superpowers become villains because Mm. they're angry at the world and they're angry about the way that they received their powers and they're angry about the way that they've been misjudged and mistreated. 
and so it's really interesting because this this character she wants to become a superhero so bad she's mm-hmm. like i will not let this power i will not let my trauma like get in the way of me trying to become a superhero um anyway if you enjoy long form storytelling it's free it's on the internet uh just google like worm wordpress or something and it'll show up and it's phenomenal i'm really enjoying it so sounds like a unique uh you know medium too being yeah. like on wordpress yeah well and this guy this is his job the author uh, he has a, a patreon and you know he releases two chapters a week which is insane because they're long chapters wow uh and he's writing his like fifth book right now worm was his first and i'm just getting into it which means i have a lot of um words ahead of me to read but (laughs) i'm excited about the prospects (laughs) yeah what are some other like long form storytelling that you like uh anything by brandon sanderson i mean he just released the lost metal um, which is the final installment to the second era of the Mistborn trilogies, I believe, um, which is really interesting. Uh, Stormlight Archives, there's slated to be sent 10 books um, in the series. Uh, we're on number four. I believe number five is going to be released in 2024, um, which is exciting. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just kind of, there's a lot coming out right now. A lot of authors are getting into long-form storytelling. Mind if I get get on a Yeah, no, go for it. Uh, I'm a big X-Men nerd. Yes, you are. Mm. You're wearing an X-Men jacket right now. Uh, (laughs) Uh, And comic books are like, not the original because they've been doing long-form storytelling forever. I mean, they are very close to the original. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But like, the X-Men have been coming out once a month since... With almost no gaps since 1963, which is insane. It's fully insane, <laughs> and there'll there'll be like seven series going on at once. Yeah, Jeez. and often it doesn't create like a big cohesive story, but right now it started in 2019. It was a soft reboot. It's a great jumping on point. Um, there's it, it like reset everything, and it's been great. It's been almost perfect all the way through. It's still going. We're reaching the era. It's gonna, they're going to call it the the fall of X, uh, which sounds awesome, <laughs> and I can't wait. Uh, comic books are great. Are great long form storytelling. Yeah. yeah. There's this comic book. It's pretty old. I think it's from the 80s. It's called Strike Force Moratory, and I don't want to say much about it, but it is some of the coolest sci-fi I've ever read. Strike Force. What is it? Moratory. Moratory. Yeah. Okay. Um. Also, it's not it's not really long form, but it's it's like a weird form. Mm. It's called Football Seventeen Seven Seventy Six. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, it's all on a website. It's multimedia. It's by John Boyce. It's fantastic. It's about three satellites who have gained consciousness. Oh. Uh, observing what football is like in the year seventeen seven seventy six. Like way in the future. Way in the future. Okay. It's genius. Wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine that year existing. I know. <laughs> I'm like trying to wrap too. my head around the year 1776. Seven, yeah. seven, seven, Three sevens. That's crazy. Yeah. Are there other comic books, like kind of that serialized format, any of you would recommend? Or I'm not a big comic book fan. I yeah. mean, I read manga and One yeah. Piece. Oh. Is, 
one of the best <laughs> one running. One yeah. piece. I knew it was going to come up. <laughs> I, I make it a goal to put one piece in every podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, I'm arguing sci-fi here, but like like I said, one piece I've been arguing fantasy, and I, I don't <laughs> I just think any of the listeners sci-fi. can tell what we are arguing, <laughs> but that is A-OK. <laughs> I think everyone kind of loves everything. PR, you don't like fantasy as much. You're a sci-fi guy, for no, sure. So, like, I enjoy fantasy, but yeah. to me... The, it's just not your jam. It's like I yeah. love, I like it a lot. I just think I've been exposed to sci-fi mm. for so long, right. and I think I just love that medium so much. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the reason I love it so much is because it shows a way of of thinking that can change, right? Yeah. It shows, hey, this is what we did wrong, or mm-hmm. this is what we did right to get to this point, right? Yeah. If you have Blade Runner, hey, you know, we, we fucked up. We fucked up, <laughs> right? If you have, uh, you know. Warhammer Skynet. 40k. Like, you you fucked up hard, right? Um, what was it? Warhammer 40k, just all of it. Uh, I don't think I've seen that. What's that? It, it's that. a board game, but the war. Oh. Warhammer is. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't played. Yes. But it's D and D, but sci-fi. No, oh. it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Okay, I'm uh, wrong. It's a strategy game where you have a little army uh-huh. and you just fight other armies. So it's Risk. No. <laughs> no, you have like little. It's hard to describe in a non in a visual non right. visual medium. Okay, sure. But you have little little dudes, and they like march however many inches, and then they shoot across the field, and you have to capture points, and huh. it's really cool, and you have to build all the little dudes. So that's anyway, why it's super expensive. Yes, that's okay. why it's super expensive. <laughs> uh, anyway, all of the characters are fascist or world devourers or orcs. Wonderful. Or orcs. <laughs> I the like orcs, that that's the The orcs are my favorite. Uh, they're not the army I built. I built a Tau who are like racist communist, but they're <laughs> Japanese <laughs> robot mechas. Uh, but the, the this... orcs are so cool because their brains run on imagination. Oh, yeah. I so do remember canonically, you telling me about this. If, if the collective group of all of the orcs believe that this machine that they've thrown a bunch of parts at together will run... It will run because they believe it to be so. Wow. And if they will be- they all believe that red makes their cars go faster. So they paint all their cars red and it works. <laughs> That's <love> wonderful. It. <laughs> sounds super That's interesting. Uh... <laughs> Dang. Well, I do also want to hit on, you know, if there's political implications over the years with sci-fi and fantasy or even stuff that's been like racist or sexist you know um, like any criticisms no there's no sexism in these genres (laughs) fantasy and sci-fi are such old genres and they've been around for such a long time and that of course there's racist sexist xenophobic anything you can imagine anything you can imagine so you really gotta be careful when you're choosing your your media and Mm. then if you do decide to go with one that has these uh not great ideas. Uh, in, you gotta have. I was telling these guys beforehand, <laughs> but the end of Narnia is insane <laughs> because Aslan is revealed to be, if not literally Jesus, to be basically Jesus. Like that's a lion. Yes, he's yeah. a lion. Lion <laughs> God. Yes, and okay. so Tolkien and Lewis were good friends when they were professors. They're writing Lord of the Rings and Narnia together, like at the same time. And both of them had the dwarfs be, like, representational of Jewish people, which yeah. when Tolkien did it, I mean, neither of them are good because when Tolkien did it, like, they, they like money a lot. But, like, also he has a lot of respect for their culture. Mm. Like, their script is 
uh, based on Hebrew because he thought it was mm. really cool. Yeah. A lot of it's really cool. Uh, but then Lewis had the dwarfs go to hell at the end of Narnia because they did not follow Aslan. <laughs> Wow. The Jesus Not character. a sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously anti-Semitism yeah. is still around if you've oh. seen Harry Potter. Or watched the interview with Kanye West. That's not fantasy, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. no, let's keep it on fantasy uh, and stuff. I mean, it still exists in real <laughs> no, yeah. life. And so, so are you saying it's science fiction? No. So, of yeah, course, the, the sentiments from real life are going to leak into... This these forms of media, mm-hmm. and I, I really think that authors need to be, they need to really like look into their brain yeah. and be like, okay, I'm a white cis male, mm-hmm. I'm going to be having some biases, especially and I when, need to make sure that I keep those in check. Especially when so so many of these like conventions are like so they've been around for a hundred years, like. Mm-hmm. No one would ever think about how dwarfs are based on Jewish people, mm-hmm. or were they're just I'm making dwarfs because that's fantasy, mm-hmm. or a lot of things like that. So, like, like I never knew that. Until you brought yeah, it. so I d- yeah. So dwarves were always just dwarves. Dwarves were yeah, gonna, dwarves, yeah. I'm gonna drop the real recommendation in the chat right now. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. <laughs> it's an English class here at the University of Utah. It's talked by taught by Dr. Alf Siegert. It's called I don't remember what the number is, but it's English fantasy. Mm. And you read through Lord of the Rings all the way, and you watch the movies, and the lectures are incredible. They are wow. like genuinely incredible lectures. Um, I'll have to check that class out. Yeah. That sounds that sounds really cool. They're great. Well, you know, maybe we can kind of just finish up with talking about you know why people should care about these genres in general. What are the biggest contributions to society? You know, we talked about you know just the perseverance of the human spirit. Um, yeah, just with sci-fi and fantasy, what are the, what are the best things? Why should people care about these? You should care about them because they're cooler than normal <laughs> genres. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of them have to do with groups of people who normally wouldn't work together coming together to solve a problem. Yeah, mm. uh, and if that isn't That's something that Lord we of the as human beings need to learn to overcome our differences and come together to solve a problem, then. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm playing D and D with the kids I work with. Oh, slay! <laughs> I won't let them be the same race, okay? Because I want them to be different races that so they have to like come species, together. You mean? Yeah, like, like okay. orc, dwarf, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's what it's all. I mean, in Arrival, the yeah the humans and the aliens come to work together. Mm. Uh, in worm people with different <laughs> sorry this is the only thing that's coming to mind because I'm obsessed uh, the people with different superpowers and different ideologies come together to fight these monsters called the end bringers like it's sci-fi and fantasy is all about working yeah. together as different and like people. in Star Trek and in the Orville which I yeah. arguably the Orville by Seth MacFarlane is better than Star Trek jeez but uh, yeah you know it's it's these people like you know we have the humans obviously but we have these other races from other you know worlds mm-hmm. in, the, in the galaxy coming together to, to form the galactic union right mm-hmm. um, you know whether it be uh, Picard and, and Spock coming yeah. together you know what I mean like um, it's it's a it's a way to bring unity at mm-hmm. the end of the day right well, yes, the, there is differences and there is conflicts that will occur, mm-hmm. um, you know, with like uh, with, when it comes to anything. Right. Yeah. Like arguments happen and differences are, are present. 
but it's how you go about that mm. and how you you overcome those differences to then form a union right yeah. um versus like don't get me wrong like not all sci-fi will have that happy ending right, right. Most, uh, most of it doesn't most yeah. of it doesn't yeah. right? most of it's yeah. most fantasy doesn't either no yeah right but it's it, the ones that do tend to stand out more mm. exactly right? yeah. mm-hmm. um like don't get me wrong like i loved blade runner blade runner 40 uh 2049 2048. yeah um that's not necessarily a happy-go-lucky not really ending, right? no yeah. <laughs> um but at the at the same time, you know, I love the Orville, where mm-hmm. um, you know Seth MacFarlane made it a point to say, "Hey, look, we are going to create a union, um, a mm-hmm. galactic union, like Star Trek did. Yeah. But we're going to make it so that anybody and everything can have that togetherness, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know if anybody else is here has seen the Orville, but um, in season three, uh, the race of you know AI driven uh, machines become evil and they want to take over the galaxy, da, 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 mm-hmm. right? But they're like superior because they're machines. Sure. Um, but he finds a way to even bring the machines to a mutual agreement, a mutual term, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to where they can benefit each other. They mm-hmm. show that, hey, you know, we've, we see that you have been taken advantage of, but we are not them, right? Mm-hmm. We, we we understand that you were put into slave labor, but we will not do that to you. We want to come to you as equals. Yeah. We want to be part of the same team, not one over the other. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i bringing it back to the X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Mine knows know. me. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's there's, there's not really like an overarching story because it's hard to write an overarching story between like 60 years and a million authors. Mm-hmm. But the closest you can really come to is about mutant kind, like realizing they need to work together. Because ev- everyone knows like how Magneto and Professor X don't like hate each other's politics, whatever. And they're, they're fighting forever. They're fighting for 50 years. And mutants keep getting killed. It just keeps happening over and over again. And then this reboot I was talking about in 2019, like they finally decide to get together and team up and like it works and they've got this on their own island and they're fairly safe relatively it's about that and i mean lord of the rings is about coming together the whole you have my axe and my sword and my Mm -hmm. bow no yeah well i mean brandon sanderson stormlight archives it's there's a division in the uh one of the cultures called the alethi um, between people who have light eyes and people who have dark eyes and people who have dark eyes are seen as lesser than mm-hmm. um, but there are there's this kind of like group of knights I guess you would uh-huh. call them that have like magical abilities um, and they're trying to be refounded and one of the dark eyes just so happens to have these abilities uh-huh. and he has to work together with light eyes and the light eyes have to work together with him. And it's about these group of people who despise each yeah. other mm. coming together to save the world. I think that's a fun premise because um, it shows how much of like a construct race or sex yeah. is. Cause like in yeah. another world it could be based on eye color. Yeah. 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 Mm. No, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is just very positive. I want to check all this stuff out. Um, yeah, I don't know if any of you have final words. Sci-fi is better than... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Um, 
yeah. read what you want to read, watch what you want to watch, um, you know, whatever makes you happy. Media is meant to be consumed by people who love it. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings is better than sci-fi, <laughs> just That's by itself. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys. Great <laughs> crossover and yeah. See you next time. Yeah, yeah. see you next Thank time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And that's been another episode of Long Story Short. We hope that you found this episode interesting and informative. And if you've enjoyed the, today's episode, please make sure to look out for our next one. Mm-hmm.